What's up, guys? It is your host, Zach Lyman of the Zach Lyman Podcast or LimeWire or Lyman's Lounge or whatever whatever name you want to give it. And I'm here in Santa Fe with my buddy and friend and, <laughs> and, and feature, Lou Moon, everybody. Hey, guys. What's up? You're listening to Lou Moon's Lounge. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> uh, so we just uh, we just got into town. I was going to post that episode. I was going to work on it on the Greyhound, and the internet was, like, expensive for nothing. Like, they were like, $6, you get it for 10 minutes. <laughs> the, the entire day has been defined by things that are expensive for no reason. <laughs> yeah. So the episode's late, so I'm recording the intro in the hotel room. And this week's guest, we have Joel Beyer. Uh, big fan, big fan of Joel. Yeah, I love his podcast, Hot Breath. Uh, check out his podcast, Hot Breath. If you're in Santa Fe and you're hearing this the day it comes out, <laughs> come down to the theater. Uh, what theater? What is it? Come on down to the Jean Cocteau Theater. Jean Cocteau Theater. Yeah, in downtown Santa Fe. <laughs> Do you guys know that there's green chilies here? It's crazy. <laughs> um, but before we get into the episode, let's have a moment for our sponsors. All right. This, this, <laughs> I got this, Lou reading them. <laughs> this week's episode... G- give me the phone. <laughs> this week's episode is sponsored by Quip. That's right, Quip. <laughs> That's what we do. If we're comedians, we quip. This... The episode is brought to you by Comedy Theory. No, Quip is oral care. <laughs> it's a toothbrush, you dummy. <laughs> I'm hating this already. <laughs> Quip is oral care designed for a modern lifestyle developed to do the basics better. Delivered fresh every three months for only $5. Zach, that's insane. Yeah, only $5. You get a freshie. Yeah, exactly. If I had $5... You would have a toothbrush. Yeah. And life would be going better. Too bad I, too bad I don't. And people run from me. Well, Lou, I have a surprise for you. If you use tryclip.com slash Lyman, you get uh, $10 off your refills. Oh, shit. That's like free money. Basically. That's, well, I mean, I'm going to do that so I can finally get a toothbrush. Yeah, and, and people s- stop running away from you. Yeah, I won't be such a fucking monster all the time. <laughs> Thank you for swearing so early into the episode. <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, all right. Let's move on to our next sponsor. Yeah, uh, the, your next sponsor uh, is BarkBox. Uh, BarkBox was established in 2011... Uh, BarkBox is committed to making dogs happy, and they work with local and independent businesses to achieve this. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. Yep, that's that's a killer joke. Yep, that's ad copy, baby. Uh, that's uh, if you go to uh, getbarkbox.com slash Lyman, you get an extra month free when you use Zach's link to sign up. Yep. And you're Zach. I'm, that's me. This is the show. Yeah. And uh, now uh, I really want you guys to enjoy. I was very stoked to have Joel on the show. And 
we talk about many funny things, and then for a moment it turns into a hot breath episode. <laughs> and I loved it. I loved every minute. So thank thank you, Joel, for doing it, and uh, thank you guys for listening. Let's just get into the episode. I'm going to bed. Good night. Hey man. Yo, Zach, what's up, buddy? I'm uh I'm happy to have you on the podcast. Um I I don't know if you know this, but I have been a fan of your podcast for probably over a year. Uh oh great. I found you uh I saw a, a thing on Instagram about you interviewing Bo. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, who's this dude, and how's he know Bo? And then, <laughs> and then, and then it's been a year later. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Would would that be about a year ago that you did that, or more? I yeah, I honestly don't remember when that date was, but that was a crazy one where it's like that was one of the rare interviews where the guest actually reached out to me, that's and nuts. that's nuts, man. That, that like, blew my mind, but that was, like, a big milestone of the podcast, and, like, oh, I guess we're on to something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bo Burnham's people are like, hey, we'd like to come on and promote Bo's movie, so that's you so picked a good cool. one to jump in on. That is so – yeah, it was a, it was great. I uh, And then I did the, the classic thing of uh, – because at that point, um, I was driving, like, across the country in this, like, uh, beat-up beat van. And I was just, like, doing all these, like, random, like, one-nighters. And so all the drive was just me being, like, oh, yeah, let's throw another one on, you know? And so, like, I just, like, went from Bo, like, straight, like, all the way back to, like, I don't know, man. Uh, Just a crazy amount because I was just, like, yeah, this is something new to, like, binge for a while. So, um, yeah, I totally got into it from there. And then, uh, yeah, ever since then, it's been pretty cool to, like, see, like, I can tell that there's, like, definitely growth in the podcast. And, like, there's, like, every, uh, it seems like every week you got, like, a, a cooler and cooler guest, so. Man, I appreciate that. That's my favorite is when I hear, like, comics talk about they listen to it on road trips or they're, they're sharing episodes with each other and, like, what they learned. It's, that's, I mean, that's what I create it for, so I'm glad it's yeah, not man. going unnoticed. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a great podcast, and uh, it's called Hot Breath. I should mention that. I'm gonna mention it in the <laughs> intro, but again, just so you don't miss it. Uh, yeah, it's called Hot Breath, and uh, yeah, man, it's it's good. And then also, like all my friends know that that's like a thing that I listen to. So like I've been pushing it on on other comics, and they're like, we get it, man, we get it, you like it, yeah. <laughs> Yes, take notes, comics. Take note. Push it on as many comics as yeah. possible. Yeah, I was like, well, that's not what Jewel Byer said. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> throwing it into like, a comment. Well, you know, Jewel Byer's point is, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not that far into it, but yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, like, what motivated you to uh, do the podcast in general? It started out profiling atlanta comedy we had a summer on uh, nbc's last comic standing where there were like 10 comics oh really from yeah there were 10 comics from atlanta that made it into like the finals wow and then as i did more research i realized the comic that won it the previous year was also from atlanta so and wow. then clayton english won it the following year 
So I thought there was something special going on within Atlanta comedy. So I really just created the podcast to interview those 11 comics and just kind of create kind of a, a time capsule of this moment in Atlanta oh, wow. comedy. That's a good idea, man. That's uh, that's not the take that I thought you were going to go with. Yeah, that's where it started. And it's since evolved into just being like a comedy mastery platform to really just help educate comedians on the craft of comedy. And yeah. really I learn along the way as well. So it's a selfish endeavor where I interview these comedians and ask them questions I want to hear. And in turn, it's what I've learned is pretty much the questions I want to hear seems to be what comedians and like comedy fans want to hear. So it's all, it's been a, a happy marriage of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, like I'm 11 years into comedy and uh, I'm still like in that, like I, I still like always want to learn type of stage, you know, like I, I, mm -hmm. I'll try to stay in that way. And so it's like I listen to you and like Rick Roberts and uh, a couple other podcasts where it's just like, you know, always educational because I, I think it's like so important in comedy to like always be growing, you know, and it's just like there's so many different avenues so, like, you just, like, have someone on, and they're like, I only do cruise ships. And you're like, I, what? That's a thing? Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, yeah. and it, uh, it, it'll blow your mind, like, about different avenues people take for it. So, that's cool, man. And how long have you been doing the podcast now? The podcast is coming up on four years. Um, I've been doing comedy a little over nine years, and the podcast has been going on. Wow. Yeah, I think it's pretty much around almost four years this summer, yeah. That's crazy, man. So that's, uh, yeah, like, uh, that's a good amount of time to be doing anything, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it's a lot of work. Podcasting is, is no joke, you know, and especially with mine, it's, it's weekly. So every Monday I'm releasing an episode, except yeah. for a few extenuating circumstances. It's been pretty much weekly the whole time. So it's yeah, it's been a grind and a slow build, but I'm... I'm more motivated than ever to keep it building, you know? Oh, I bet, man. I bet. And just like the, you know, the, the it, it changes your career in a lot of ways, you know? Cause I started, yeah. I started my podcast years ago. I couldn't even tell you when, uh, and then like, it's been a, a love hate relationship since then. Where, like, <laughs> there'll be like a year where I like release every week, everything's good. And then there's, like, years where, like, there's, like, three episodes up, you know? So it's, like, <laughs> and then, mm -hmm. you know, I always got to do that episode of, like, apologizing to everyone that I suck at keeping up with things, you know? But it's just, like, uh, you know, that's how my career changed. Like, when I started doing this, I didn't I, – I had, like, a day job maybe, and um, – yeah, I had a day job, and I was just, like, doing it in my free time, and I had a lot of free time because I wasn't getting – booked like as much as I am now you know and so then like when I had this like weird change in my career where all of a sudden I was getting like booked often and then I was like well there goes all the podcasting time and uh so like I took a break for a while and then like this year like one of my goals was like to uh not do as many one-nighters as like <laughs> I used mm. to you know to not be mm -hmm. like so I I just uh I I wanted to make a change where I didn't didn't have to like fly across the country and be like I have to do this to pay my rent I wanted it to right. be like can I pay my rent from my apartment <laughs> and then go <laughs> you know so um 
yeah, this year I, I'm just trying to like rearrange things. And so uh, this whole month I've just been recording like maybe two episodes a day basically and just kind of like stockpiling. And then like in the next two weeks I'm going to be dropping like all of these episodes. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's something I tell everyone that wants to start a podcast is like, Get at least 10 recorded before you even launch it because it'll get away from you. And oh, yeah, it's, it's good to have reserves at all times. Yeah, well, I'm just tired of, like, doing three episodes and then running out of time, you know? And then all of a sudden, like, I'm on, like, a tour or something. And then I'm like, well, I'm on I, – you know, I can't, you know? like uh, Right. So, yeah, I'm just trying to, like, uh, not give myself any excuses and just be like, yep, they're there, and I'll just – you know, have them all edited and then just be like, all right, every week, here's another one, you know? So, yeah. Like, what's, uh, like, what's something that, like, you didn't think was going to be a big deal with podcasting? Like, what's, like, a big, like, aspect of it that, like, was, like, almost shocking to you uh, when you started, like, getting the ball rolling? I mean, the amount of work, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've, I mean, I've calculated, I've spent, I like 15 hours on a single episode from like booking the guest to researching the guest to then traveling to do the episode to then editing the episode, like the whole, the whole arc of an episode. I've, I mean, I've calculated spending 15 hours on a single 60 minute interview. So yeah, that is probably the main thing that I think, no one expects when they jump into podcasting, especially now yeah. where it seems like everyone wants to start a podcast. But it, I, I heard some crazy stat that over – it's like over half of all podcasts created don't make it past like 14 episodes because people just get burnt out on like, oh, man, this is a lot of work. I don't just record it and then it magically appears online and everyone in the world just listens to it like – yeah, there's a whole workflow that needs to be kind of organized and established if you're going to make it a sustainable practice. So, yeah, man. it took me time to figure out my system and it's still evolving, but it's something I've just accepted at this point, especially now that mine is also video. So I did audio for Dude, several I years. Know. You, you, yeah. you have a whole <laughs> other level that I'm like, not even like, I feel, uh, I feel dumb complaining about like what I do because like right now I'm like in a hoodie, just like in my living room recording this you know? <laughs> and yeah. like not camera ready of any sort of way. And you're like, you're right. Like I, like I've heard in interviews where you're like running down to like some dude's hotel and you're like, is it cool if we just do this in the lobby? And then you're like mm -hmm. waiting for him. And then you got that. Th and then you're like, I'm going to set up this camera. <laughs> And then you're like, and then you got to edit those videos of the camera and not just only the audio. And then you got to be like, this is the tidbit that like pulls you in. And I'm just like, I'm tired, you know, like I'm tired from like, like I, can't, yeah. I can't keep up with that. So yeah, that's nuts. So you have like a whole production. Is it, is it just you? That's the other question I want to know. How many people are pulled into like helping you with the podcast? Yeah, it's it's just me. I've gone Dude. through phases of like uh, have have I had an audio engineer for a while, and then I had I tried to figure out like a video guy for a little while, and it it always just boiled down to just consistency and reliability, yeah. and 
to get an episode out every single Monday, relying on other people's timelines didn't really fit the production workflow right now. So it, yeah. it all oh, dude, came totally full circle it. back to just me and me yeah. just running it, you know? Well, I also think like uh, you and I have that similar because we're both comics is the idea that like we're like there, there is a point where we are like okay with just doing the work ourselves, you know, like writing right. a joke, performing yeah, yeah. it, traveling. So then, like, when it comes to like a podcast, it's very easy. You can see where it's like, I'm just, I'm just gonna do it because I don't, I don't. This guy, you know, he's got like a whole thing going on, and I, it's just not gonna work out. And uh, yeah, it's it's like the same reason I don't do like sketches or anything like that on like on YouTube or whatever is because I'm like, then there's like a whole team and I got to like meet up with them and write and, and produce, you know, it's like, it's like everyone's oh, schedule, yeah. you know, it's a nightmare when I'm just like, I'll just tell jokes. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. The, the self-sufficiency of a comedian. <laughs> yeah, man. For sure. It's a blessing though for us to, you know, be able to just kind of take it all on our shoulders, you know, and there is something, there is some value to building a team, but I feel like your team will just kind of organically build as you build and as needed, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's a process. Yeah, it's true, man. I mean, like, I'm just now getting to the point in comedy because, like, I'm very, like, uh, do-it-yourself type of, like, in my stand-up, too, where I, like, will book gigs. Like, like, 80 to 90% of the gigs I book are just booked through me. It's like me renting a room somewhere, you know, like I'll rent out a theater and then I just fill the theater with, with like people that I get there from my following. And it's just very like, do it yourself. But now it, it only in the last year or two has it been where like other people are like, yeah, let me help you out with that. Like, let's do this to, you know, like, <laughs> like, or, mm -hmm. like, yeah, let's also, let's put this in together. Let's travel together, you know? And so it's like, you know, basically nine or ten years of just like me kind of doing it that way and uh you're right then like all of a sudden people just kind of like start helping and joining in and being like team zach you know but uh it, yeah it can be uh very much just like a lone journey in all of this you know yeah and it's so valuable to learn from every experience though because like i host a game show here in atlanta and yeah. i was co-producing it and i it was initially a great relationship or a great idea of like, oh, this is it. I found, I found like um, a collaborator to start building shows. And then, you know, that ideas are half the battle, you know, yeah. an idea is really just a dream until you put it into action. So it just came down again to reliability and consistency. And it's just every step of my comedy career, I've just, been proactive and learning from every single experience positive or negative yeah i have like a whole just kind of catalog now of things to remember when i am working for people or if it is the <laughs> beginning talks of a working relationship and the red flags you can look for yeah. and yeah it's it's all it's all just something that just requires time and experience though but yeah. it, i think it's important for comics to Look for those opportunities, though, because the more you can learn, the faster you're going to grow and the better you're going to get. Yeah. Well, it's like it's this weird thing of like you got to do those terrible gigs 
you know, mm, and, then, exactly. and then it leads yep. to like you knowing how to deal with those terrible gigs. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I was talking about this the other day with some friends where I'm just like, I'm at the point where like, if I get on the phone with like some booker, and he just seems like a crazy dude, and he's like aggressive, like right away aggressive or what, you know, like something. I'm just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think I'll just call the place next to his, you know, like, I'm just like, I think I'll just maybe, you know, because I'm just like, it's just so many red flags where you're like, exactly. It's like, I've done this a billion times where I'm like, yeah, this guy's not even going to give me my money probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And and knowing those, like knowing what questions to ask, you know, I traveled and I won't say, um, I mean, I won't say where, cause it's still a running show, but I mean, I traveled. Yeah. A comedian and I traveled like, it was like eight or it was probably like eight hours to a show. We thought was a door deal. And then we got there and the door was by donation <laughs> which <laughs> yeah and yeah. uh it ended up you know not being a winning equation the experience was a victory though and just learning okay these are the you need to ask x y and z before you even commit to a gig or what are the you know what what are the what is the venue what is the cover so what would be best case scenario what is worst case scenario like uh, I really? can I can, uh, yeah. I can add a good one to that. Uh, this last tour that I went on, the one I went on last year, um, we did the stop and uh, everything was like it was very like detailed and we got there early and there was like a you know like a contract and it was like this percent of the door, you know like it was just like laid out perfectly like everything was mm-hmm. great and I had no stress about it, no red flags. Um, we get there early. The owner's super nice. Like, they just, like, any food you want, whatever, we'll hook you up. You need a driver. Like, they're just, like, crazy nice about all of it, right? And then, uh, we do the show, and we pack the room, and it's like, uh, it's like a bar show or whatever, right? And it's like a side room, and they have to, like, bring in more chairs, so they're, like, stoked about how many people, they're, like, more than they expected, and, you know, it was a great show, and then I'm, like, selling merch after, and then I go to the guy that ran it, and I was like, all right, how do we do with ticket sales? And he goes, oh, uh, we forgot to tell the guy at the door to charge. <laughs> I thought he was messing with me. Right, right, I was right. Like, you that like it was like a fifty-fifty split or something. It was like something where like they made money too, and I was like, "You forgot to make money, like <laughs> <laughs> you forgot to make money." <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I was classic. so shocked. Like when I was like, "What? What?" And so I just like, I didn't know what to say. And there was like this awkward silence, and then he was like, uh, "But great show, man! Great show! Anytime you guys want to come back." And I'm like, <laughs> "Wow!" <laughs> so yeah, wow. I totally get it. I totally, it's just it's oh man. When oh, so you started nine years ago in comedy, was that in Atlanta? It was actually in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. I, I went to I was okay. going to school up there. And uh, second semester of my senior year, I did an open mic up there. And, um, and and they did, like, an open mic, like, twice a month. Yeah. So I technically started February 1st, 2010. Okay. But it was periodic stage time based on the open mics, which I think the scene's grown since then. But, 
now, but as soon as I got back to Atlanta that summer, it was like game on and yeah. just performing everywhere, anywhere, anytime. That's cool, man. What'd you go to college for? Uh, I got a management degree. Okay, sweet. <laughs> what is what is that? Yeah. Mean? What do you? What was the game plan? It was like it was like um it, it was like business and organizational management is oh, what okay. the official title of it was. Yeah. And do you feel like that's helpful with comedy? Uh, I'm th what was most helpful with my college experience, I think, was just discovering what I wanted to do. You know, oh, okay. I went into college having yeah. no idea. And it yeah. took till second semester senior year for me to be like, oh, well, the reality is knocking at your door. What are you going to do? And it just kind of had that epiphany to where this, this idea that's been scratched in the back of my brain my entire life yeah. finally sparked to life and was like, hey, we've been here the whole time. You're yeah. supposed to do stand-up comedy. And then as soon as I went and did it, it's it, it's like you pulled the veil off your eyes and you're like, oh, that's what the world is. Dude, that's great. Yeah, that's cool. I love it. I yeah, love it. I, I love hearing stories like that uh, where it's just like you, you just like almost stumble into it and it's just like it clicks and you're like, this is it. This is the thing. This is what we're supposed to be doing. That's cool. And man. you hear so many comics like – I, Brian Regan, I think it was the week of his college graduation, he did stand-up and was like, oh, I'm dropping out. This is what I'm doing. And he dropped out, like, the week of graduation. So oh, dude, that's crazy. If, like, if it had been any sooner in my college career, I would have dropped out. But it was second semester. I had, like, a few months left, so I finished the drill. But it, as soon as I did comedy, it's like I was like, that's, that's what I'm doing. And everything I do, every decision I make is now in pursuit of becoming a professional comedian. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's – yeah, that's uh, – I totally relate to that of just um, – you know, like I started like year, years and years and years ago. I started learning marketing for comedy. And then oh, I interesting. like – I then got marketing jobs. And then I was like running marketing departments. And then I was using those companies – to like teach myself which avenues worked best online or you know like whatever worked for them and then yeah. like I would be at my day job being like how do I apply this to stand up <laughs> like literally that's all I would be doing and then like you know you're making connections with like graphic designers video editors or whatever and you're like now if this was for stand up you know like you're just being like right. like straightforward with them I'm like if I was going to do this in my free time and then it was just like a lot of and that's all I was doing. I was just like, how can I take my day job and apply it to comedy? And, you know, because I started learning this for comedy. So, yeah, man, I, 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 yeah, it, that's what it ends up being in life where you're like, what can I apply to this? And then um, – what? Yeah. What did you learn from marketing comedy? How do you oh, – how was um, – what did you find to be most effective? Um, you know, like in the last like two or three years, uh, I've really like – you know, like, for example, I just, you know, oh, okay, Instagram's where it's at. Like, simple stuff, like that, right? Like, where it's, like, Instagram's where it's at. Um, you know, I took a lot of, like, I, I, I had companies pay for me to, like, fly to, like, conferences and learn, like, just about hashtags. You know, like, things like that. Like, like yeah. detailed, like, stuff. Like, Facebook is speaking about their thoughts on stuff. And, you know, you're meeting, like, these, like, you know, gurus of whatever. And, uh... Yeah, so I, it was just like 
you know, you, you quickly learn where it's like, okay, uh, you know, getting like marketing budgets where you're like seeing someone spend, like you're seeing a company spend like 10 grand on an ad for a month on like Facebook and you're just seeing like what that is. And so it's just kind of like being involved in that where you're like, okay, so this is the amount of engagement I should look for. This is the amount of views I should get. And then like watching them turn that into sales and be like, oh, that's the conversion rate for this. And then just kind of like guiding through and like uh, learning like what all that looks like and how to deal with it and what angle. And then, you know, you're practicing it constantly, you know, and then you're like, you know, when you're the marketing director, you're like running ads every day. So it's just like a new day of like playing with like, oh, video versus picture these colors versus these colors. And uh, mm -hmm. so it's just, it just kind of like being familiar with it and also feeling like comfortable with like clicking a button that says you're about to spend 10 grand, you know, like, it, like all that like applies into it. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's where I feel like I learned the most. And then also it just like, it helped me with my merch probably, like the most easy example I could say is like my merch would be like one of the easiest ones to look at of like, you know, I, I designed my website for the idea of like selling merch and then I like push everything to the merch and then how to do that and how to convert and what you're looking for. And uh, it really helped me out. You know, now I basically like live off of my t-shirt sales is like how I pay my rent. So it's like, it, it, that's, uh, that, that's where that led me. So it's very much like a money side of things, but you know, cause it's, you know, and then I just get better at the comedy side by going to the open mic. So it's like that mix in my life right now. So merch is a big uh, source of income for you right now. Yeah, yeah, it's like it is my income basically. That and like wow. that and like the gig. You know, whatever the gig is. You know, it's like a hundred dollar show down the street. Uh, my main plan is just selling the merch. You know, so it's like uh, you know, and just like what angles and trendy and and that like. You know, I, I, it, it's just like almost the opposite of like what I see a lot of comics do. Like if you look at my merch, it, it doesn't have my name on it at all. Um, yeah, you had like the comedy and nap shirt I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the comedy and nap, that's like the, the most sold thing I've ever done. And, um, you know, a lot of that, like that was helpful because of like Natalie Friedman. And uh, um, so, yeah, it was just like trendy things that sell on Instagram. So if you're like scrolling through and then you'd be huh. like, I don't know this dude, but that shirt, I would buy that shirt. And then just making it available easily to purchase anywhere, you know? And then uh, that's really what it was. And then I was like, I just got to get as many people wearing the shirt as possible, you know? So you just looked at like, you, you maybe saw a shirt that said like coffee and naps or something. And you're like, oh, let me just use that font and make it comedy instead. Yeah, I saw, like, um, the comedy and naps one was just kind of, like, I saw people, uh, like, doing the designs of, like, this and this and this and this, you know, where it's just, like, right. on, on a black shirt or whatever. And it's, like, I was, like, yeah, cool, but, like, I need something that kind of applies to me, you know? And I was, like, what is, like, the essence of me as a person? And I was, like, well, comedy and definitely naps. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like that's my like that sums it up. And so like once I figured that out, I was like that's what people will buy. 
And then also, I tried that before, where like I've done shirts with my name and shirts without my name, and shirts without your name always sell way more because people, uh, you know, it, they may be fans of yours, but maybe they don't want to like explain it to strangers. You know, they just want like a straightforward, basic shirt. And then you know, just like I've had so many like uh, like Instagram models for a fact, like. But I get messages from Instagram models being like, yeah, I, I love that shirt. I don't know if it applies to your joke. Like, they don't know the backstory and they don't care. But they're like, it's trendy and it looks good in pictures. And you're like, that's all I want. <laughs> so, and then to market it, you, um, now I'm like interviewing you. This I know, right? This is, a, this is a twist. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is out hot breath. <laughs> but, I, that's, but that's something I was like yeah. inspired by and – looking at all everything you're building is like i've looked into like creating shirts for the sake of just being like cool shirts for people to wear yeah. and i saw your comedy and naps one really took off so it's like when you you designed it and then you mentioned natalie freeman who's like an influencer did you just like reach out to her about helping market it or so like how'd you get the awareness out and that's my last question i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> no man, ask me ask me as many questions as you want. Uh, it's there. There is no. It's just this is a casual conversation. But it's valuable for all comics to know this yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, so the whole Natalie thing was just like, yeah, I just sent an email with a link to the shirt, and I was just mm -hmm. like, I just want to give this to Natalie. If she likes it, it's cool. If she doesn't like it, whatever. And then like her management team like emailed me back. And it was like this back and forth conversation for like a month, and then uh, and then she was like, "Natalie loves the shirt, like she wow. loves it, and uh, yeah, she wants to put it on her Instagram." So then we went down that whole rabbit hole of like, okay, so like, what kind of picture ideas, and you know, what works for you, and what you know, and then they're like, "What are you looking out of this?" And then super cool, um, yeah, her management team's awesome. And then I also started talking to Natalie herself. And it was just kind of like the three of us emailing. And, uh, yeah, and then it just, like, I just sent her the shirt. And then um, she told me when she got it. And then she was, like, on a trip. And then there was, like, a week of, like, me just kind of, like, yeah, she'll post it at some point, you know. And then, yeah, I just woke I woke up one day. And all of a sudden I had, like, purchases and likes and views. And, you know, and now, the, now that picture on her Instagram is at, like, 63,000 likes or something like that. Gosh, that's so cool, man. Yeah, it was a monster. Like, that day was, like, really cool. And it was, like, the most views my website's ever gotten. You know, like, it's just, just a it's just, like, crazy how much power one person can just, like, have. It was, it was a weird experience. Uh, you know, and then I was, like, I learned from that. And uh, that's another example of, like, things that I learned from working for companies of, like, we used to, I, you know, I, I worked at companies where we would send influencer stuff and then they would, like, you know, get, like, a deal or whatever. Or, like, maybe we just paid them 50 bucks or, you know, something, whatever deal. And then the, right. you would just see, like, the outcome of that. And so I quickly learned where it's, like, it's okay to lose 20 bucks on a T-shirt because you're going to make it when they post it, you know, you'll make that 20 bucks instantly when they post it. And, mm -hmm. uh, so it was like a lot of that where I just like th that whole month, um, I was like contacting other influencers and stuff. And then some influencers were like, not about it. 
<laughs> they're like, they're like, yeah, I'll do it, but I need five grand, and I'll be like, I don't even, I don't have five grand. Like, I'm a comedian. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. You know, so it was a lot of that, but it was just kind of like, you know, getting in the right hand. And then when Natalie posted it, like, tons of people bought it, and then those tons of people are like sending me their photos, and then of course, like, it just snowballs after that. Like, once people see people wearing it, it just kind of like kept going. And then, uh, like, then this week I dropped the new one of the comedy and coffee. Because, like, a lot of my following is in the coffee world, so. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so I knew that one would do well, and I wanted to make, like, a fun summer color one. And it's just the same thing of, like, something trendy, cool idea that I had. So, like, you you have merch, though, right? Yeah, but it's, I haven't, I haven't figured that aspect out yet. I mean, the merch I've had has, and this is a lesson I've learned I, um, from now interviewing, like asking comedians directly about it to where it's like, I was, I was trying to do the whole thing where you create a bit around merch and like the consensus I've gotten from veteran comics is like, I I would, they recommend not doing that because then you get pigeonholed into having to do that bit. So (laughs) yeah, I, that's exactly how I feel. I've never done it per se, but I've done things kind of similar and it it, uh, it it quickly becomes like you have to do that joke, and then you're like, I have forty of these shirts left, right? So I and it's, do that and it's not authentic. Up. Like yeah. I've I've seen comedians just have like a motivational shirt it has nothing to do with their set, but they're like, hey, I'm selling these motivational shirts. Like people just that that's where my mindset shifted. So it's good timing we're talking because it <laughs> it, it had recently shifted from like. I need a bit to sell merch, but now it's like, oh, I think I have experience with Photoshop. It's like I think I could design a cool shirt that people would just want to wear. You could go on Fiverr, man, and pay someone ten bucks to design a T-shirt, and they're like, oh yeah, is that what you've done? Uh, I've done it like for companies. Yeah, I've done it for companies where they're like, we Uh want something trendy with all these, and they give me like an outline, and I'm just like, I'm gonna, is if it's cool with you, I'm just gonna pay this guy. 20 bucks to do it and they're like yeah all right <laughs> like you know so oh wow and it worked yeah yeah and so um I, I i i've seen success with it but yeah i so right now do you have one that's like a joke like what's like your most sold thing that you have i had i had two things i have one that it was like it was called gray power okay and it was about uh black and white people uniting okay and making gray power all right. And um, and then I have one right now that uh, it says like trophy husband on it. Oh, and it's okay. like I have a joke about being a trophy husband. Yeah. Okay. And so those are like the ones that like people know you for and stuff that you've sold the most of. Yeah. Th- those are the ones that have moved the most. Have yeah. you ever done anything besides shirts? Mm, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-uh. The, the other successful thing that I've done for years uh, is buttons because buttons are like five cents to get made. And then I charge two bucks for them. And people were just like this last weekend, I was at coffee fest. Uh, and I just was walking coffee fest with buttons and I was like, they're $2 and not a single person gave me $2. Like everyone's giving me like $5, $10. They're like, yeah, whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. And so it's just like, it's quick turnaround with like something super cheap. And then, you know, people love buttons, especially in, I don't know what it is, but, like, in the coffee world, like, people love buttons in the coffee world. So it's, like, 
it was just a good match. And it was like something that I had left over from shows. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's super cheap, you know. Interesting. No, I haven't, I haven't looked into those, in all honesty. Yeah, well, it's like, just you want something cheap, especially if they're not like 100% your fan and they're at a show. And they're like, I liked them. But not enough to buy a shirt. <laughs> right. You almost need different price points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, I liked them about $2 worth. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, man. That's cool. So yeah, you're like, right, look into that. You're right in the middle of, like, uh, changing up what you sell and stuff, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm making that, like, pivot right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then another thing that I noticed, mostly from listening to the podcast, is, like, you seem to do – not that you – I wouldn't say that you're a club comic because I I definitely can tell that you do, like, all rooms. But Mm -hmm. I can tell that you, in the nine years of doing comedy, you've put in the work at the clubs and you've built the relationships. Like, you literally have club owners on your podcast. Which is, by the way, a, some good episodes, uh, club owners on your podcast, because it's like, I love how straightforward you are. And then, like, <laughs> how, like, I think it was, like, one episode where you're like, and so why don't you book me? Like, immediately. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> there's been a few of those. <laughs> which is, like, totally cool, because, like, in Phoenix here, because uh, I'm in Phoenix, and um, I don't do, I'll do clubs not in Phoenix. I don't do any clubs in my hometown. Um, and that's not like my doing, that's just like a thing that happened over the time. And now I have like a really good relationship with like a large music venue and they book me and I'm like, well, that's fine with me. You know, that's like my home club now in a way, but it's, it's always Mm -hmm. interesting to me to like hear someone like, especially Atlanta, you guys have like a solid comedy scene as you've established and, uh, you got some great clubs, you have like famous clubs, uh, you know, you have Laughing Skull, and it's just like, you know, so it, it's cool to know that you're kind of like going in that route. But what have you, I guess, like, what have you noticed or seen or, you know, kind of some realizations from doing these like clubs and putting in the work and like where your work should be and traveling and all that stuff? Like, where is that all kind of in your mind? Well, I, I mean, I appreciate you listening so attentively to the podcast. That's um, <laughs> a lot of hours no, in I, the car, man. <laughs> you just, it's, it's just so, yeah, it's, that just like made my week. Cause it's always, I love the, like just getting random messages from comics about the podcast. Cause you sometimes don't realize who's listening or how much impact a certain like interview is actually having, you know, you can kind of get too close to it, but it's, yeah, it's good to hear you like listening and actually remembering and applying. Um, yeah, I'm trying, man. I'm but, trying to grow. but <laughs> something you, you could notice from um, hearing my episodes with the bookers is most of them do open with me saying, why don't you book me? So yeah, I do. I can tell you this, like, I I won't say that I've, quote, gotten in with a club here in Atlanta to where, like, I just become their go-to. I'm on their roster. Like, yeah, I have noticed that clubs like to find, like, a roster and just kind of stick to it because oh, they sure. know they can trust it and they it's just like a go-to. Like, they can text them at 7 and be like, can you be here at 8 to host? You know, it's like, yeah. which I've heard clubs do. Um, Dude, I've, so, I've been that guy that they've texted 
<laughs> I've put in, you know, early on in my career, I put in a lot of legwork in terms of just being at the club. If I wasn't, if I wasn't booked on a show somewhere, I would be at the club just trying to be visible and just trying to be accessible. But I did all the things that I was told I should do. And really all the, most of the bookings I've gotten at clubs are locally have come from like referral of like the headliner is like, Hey, put Joel on this show. It, interesting. That's an interesting. I haven't. Yeah. I, I, it's, it hasn't ever. And it took me years to not take that personally. Yeah. As you could tell in my episodes where I open up with like, why don't you book me? Or <laughs> I would get booked somewhere for a little while. And then all of a sudden the bookings would just stop. Like, it's just weird things like that, but it all boils down to, like just not taking it personally and just not worrying about things you can't control. So if you're not getting booked at clubs, okay, what are you in control of? Oh, you, you can book your own show. Yeah. You can look outside of your city. You know, I've, I've never headlined, uh, I've headlined like a club in Atlanta like once, but I've headlined other clubs like around, around Atlanta, but yeah. like Atlanta, it's, it hasn't really, which I don't take personally and I don't lose sleep over anymore. Um, it's just kind of one of those things that focus on what you can control yeah. and you can, you can only do so much that we as comics can be like, Oh, why don't they like me or what, <laughs> yeah. what is it? What is the conspiracy that I'm not getting booked on every show that's ever been made? You know, yeah. it's just, yeah, and it's Just also like on a, what you can control. a big conversation I've been having lately with, like, newer comics in Phoenix. Um, because, like, we had, like, a weird upsurge lately of just, like, I, I swear, man, it's like you go to the open mics and it's, like, everyone's brand new. Like, out of nowhere, it was just, like, everyone woke up and was, like, I'm going to be a comedian. And so now <laughs> it's, like, a lot of people looking to me being, like, how do I get booked and why don't they book me? And then I'm, like... Maybe you're not a club comic, you know? Like, maybe you're just not what they're looking for in any – in whatever sense that is, where it's like you're saying, like, yeah, you, you're not available at a drop of a hat. You're maybe not the safe comic. Maybe it's not the style of comedy. Like, there's so many mm -hmm. angles that people don't realize. And when I used to get booked at a club, there was one club that I used to get booked at all the time. It was like every week I was doing something there. And it was because I didn't have a job, and I was literally just hanging around the club for months. And then I started doing that drop-of-the-hat hosting, and it, like, mm -hmm. grew from there. But it wasn't, like, overnight. But here's the thing. Uh, someone else bought the club, and they immediately were like, I don't know who you are. And I, like, lost all, like, a year's worth of, like, doing it, you know? Just, like, start right over of, like, well, I'll just hang out, you know? And uh, that's, like, my experience is, like... It, it, it's it's a little scary to like put your don't put like all your eggs in one basket because it, like for example the Tempe Improv, you know I I don't know how many people have owned that you know <laughs> like it, it, it's just like it'll close for a year and then it'll reopen and now like Stand Up Live here owns it so it's like in solid basis but it's like well if you weren't cool with Stand Up Live well they're definitely not going to book you at their other club now, you know? So uh, it, it, it's just, like, one of those things of, like, yeah, I, I always try to just book my own thing. And if I get something at a club in my hometown or whatever, it's just, like, oh, that's icing on the cake. Yeah, and comedians can get a little ahead of themselves. And 
just want everything without having to earn anything. And <laughs> like, just, just focus on getting funny. Just, yeah, yeah. Just live on stage. I don't care if it's a sidewalk with a megaphone or if it's a coffee shop with three people and two of those people work there. Like, yeah. Just live on stage for five years minimum. Yeah. And then worry about um, getting booked at cool places or whatever. Have Be funny, and that's really going to create your success. It's just being funny, and then the right people will see you and want to book you. Yeah, that's so true. That's And also just being like a good person. Yes. That's like my uh, – when I'm like hanging out with comics, that's my go-to thought is uh, can I spend 14 hours in a car with this person? Mm-hmm. And if it, if it is, then I might ask you to do a road gig. If I can't, then I, I – yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm not into it. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've thought the exact same thing in booking road gigs and things. It is like we, – we could take it all personally, but it could be like, okay, what is the lineup of the show? Does my style even – compliment the headliner or like what it's there's so many different factors and i can guarantee comics you're probably the last factor (laughs) (laughs) when interviewing all these bookers and talking to all these veteran headliners on the podcast like the common theme is like it's not personal we book people mainly based on top of mind or just accessibility we don't have a list of like well, we're not going to book him, her, or him because we just have a vendetta against them. Yeah. It's always it's always just like what's convenient, who's reliable, who's in town. And also it could be as simple as – Who do we not as, have to think? It's, it's as simple as uh, who's to the left of me right now. Yeah. I've, totally. I don't know how many times I've been like just standing somewhere and they're like, oh, Zach, you would be great for this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Like, just oh, being okay. a good person. Yeah, just yeah be yeah, a yeah. good person. Yeah, be a good, be a good coworker. Person, be standing next to him quietly, <laughs> looking for your opportunity. <laughs> lingering, yeah. Just lingering in the shadows of like I'm here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you run any local shows, or is there like do you do like any like do you put together or produce any shows? Yeah, I hosted an open mic for like eight years here in Atlanta, and then the venue uh, burned down. It wasn't me. I should preface (laughs) that. But Uh, so I did. I did that. I did that for a long time. What you're saying was it was a hot night. (laughs) Yeah, it uh, extenuating circumstances. You know, we call Atlanta hot Atlanta for a reason. Yeah, it was. It went up. (laughs) So it. So that ended that, that. that. You were like, I think this is a good time to retire at the open mic. Yeah, I was I that show had run its course anyway. Running a running an open mic is a lot of work and I I will tell any comic, especially a newer comic, that they should host a show because I've learned more from hosting oh, yeah. than anything. You you grow so much faster as a comedian if you host a show because it forces you to get out of your your comfort zone of just like a a prepared set and forces you to be more present and more engaging with an audience as opposed to just reciting material. It really forces you to become a well-rounded performer. Yeah. So I recommend any comics listening to this, go host your own show. Yeah, for sure, man. It's, it's like, that's, uh, that's like what I, the first thing I tell people is I'm like, 
start putting together an open mic and run it really mm -hmm. the best you can and then do that and just find or if you can't find something ask to take over someone's or host someone's thing for weeks and and you'll yeah. quickly be like oh there is way more to this than just showing up late and getting five minutes <laughs> yep exactly uh, yeah, it, yeah and it's it's a great um it's a great way to grow as a performer but also it's a great way to grow your network and just meet new comics and learn how to the business side of comedy hosting is great for it so i did that for like eight years and then now I'm hosting like a monthly game show here in Atlanta where I do it like uh, the last Saturday of every month. So that's, that's been a fun. That's pretty cool. That's like, gears. that's yeah. different for sure. So it's nice to probably mm -hmm. do something different with comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it keeps it fresh and it's a, it's a new muscle. I'm starting to exercise hosting a game show. So I, that, I'm having a lot of fun. Was with that it. your idea to do the game show? Yeah. I mean, for years, people, Several people have told me they thought I'd be a good game show host, and then oh, really? it just kind of eventually just happened. You know, I, I created this format, and it's evolved every show, and it's gotten tighter. Yeah. And um, we, we've got it fairly well hammered down now, the format. Nice. And it's it's kind of a one of – there's not really any other show like it in the city, so it kind of draws a nice audience, and it it's just a fun – new way to perform comedy also you gonna are you ever gonna release like some online clips for people like me that can't be okay? um i've recorded the audio and i've okay. released it on the podcast hop oh, okay cool um so I've, I've released the audio on there but i haven't shot any video until i've i wanted to make sure that because the idea is for it to be able to translate and to pitch it as like a show oh there you go but i wanted to make sure we kind of have all of our, yeah. you know, kind of have everything in order before we record it to then oh, kind of sure. shop around. That's cool, man. Yeah, I'm stoked to uh, see that. And then hopefully sometime I'll be in Atlanta at the same time it's happening and I can just pop in. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would be great, man. I, I definitely, please. Yeah, man. That would be really cool. Um, so is there anything uh, you want to, that's coming up that you want to promote? This will probably come out in the next couple weeks. So. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, really, my whole, as we, we talk about, you know, doing comedy almost a decade now and kind of just finding your lane and yeah, what your unique mission is, is like mine has just become from stemming from the podcast of just like learning and educating as much about comedy as I can. So like the podcast has become like almost an educational platform that yeah. I'm glad hearing listeners like you, you actually do find value in that. So I've, so many people reach out to me like on a weekly basis saying with questions or just comments on an episode and how helpful it was. So really, if anybody's listening to this and you're a comedy fan and you're a comedian, check out the podcast, Hot Breath. It's on YouTube and iTunes and Spotify and anywhere you can find a podcast. And I've, I've really started to connect with listeners more and I do, I'll do like Skype sessions with comedians that need help, like building their set or writing new jokes or I'll, oh, cool. I'll review people can send me their five minute sets and I'll like review them and give them feedback on it. So I've, I've been looking for more and more ways beyond just the podcast and I can start to connect and help people directly and answer their direct questions. So yeah, that's cool. all that. I'll, yeah, they can learn more about that on my website, joelbyerscomedy.com. That's 
Byers, B-Y-A-R-S. And uh, the podcast also has a website, uh, hotbreathpodcast.com, if you want to check out the merch store on that. But I've started a blog on my own website where I've been writing helpful tips about hosting shows. I just – I went and saw Greg Fitzsimmons last night and kind of wrote a review about what I learned from watching him. You know, he's been doing comedy over 30 years. And it's – just it's all it's all about comedy education. So anybody that's interested, please connect with me. I do respond. Yeah, man. No, yeah, you uh, you've always quickly responded anytime I've sent you a message. Um, yeah, that's cool, man. Um, so what's uh, what's the Instagram? Oh yeah, uh, everything is Joel Byers Comedy. B Y A R S by Oz. But. But uh, yeah, everything I have on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my website, it's all Joel Byers comedy. And uh, Hot Breath Pod is all the podcast social media. But I'm, I'm more engaged on Joel Byers. I've been kind of trying to delegate my time and what's yeah. the most impact I can make. It's kind of like I was running two accounts and now it's like, hey, maybe instead of doing two things mediocre, just do one really well. So... Joel Byers comedy is where you can really just okay. find me and connect with me. Yeah. Okay. Sweet, man. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Go check that out. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Zach Lyman podcast, uh, Zach Lyman.com. Uh, Joel, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, and it was great talking to you all. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Zach. Keep up the great work, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And outro music. <laughs>